0: Welcome to another episode of Demystifying Gay Porn. My name is I.K. Grande, and if you've watched porn in the past 12 years, I've definitely helped you get off. Uh, my guest today is somebody that I've been trying to get on the show for a while, but he's been very, very busy. Stop. I, you have been busy, though. <laughs> and um, for a good reason. Um, my guest is international porn star, Hans Berlin, who's been doing porn since 2012, and uh, by day goes by the name of Florian Klein and is the creator of a new musical called Shooting Star, a musical love story set in the world of gay porn. Hans, you just got back to New York City about a month ago, right? Yes. Okay. Um, what have you been What have you been doing since you've been back? Because you've been in California
1: for what, for like six months? Three and a half. Okay. Yeah, so three and a half, four, four months, but it felt like six months. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, I, I thought you were there. You were constantly, whenever I saw your Facebook posts and stuff, you were constantly working on something. Like Well, your project, but you were it was fundraising, be it all that stuff. It's, it's insane, I gotta give you so much props because you. you know, my day job too, I, I, I write, I do a whole bunch of other stuff, and it's not easy. It's not easy to find funders and stuff, and I remember interviewing you for uh, a documentary, right? That yeah. was for Dark Alley, that never made it.
1: What ha- Right, what happened? Yeah, never,
0: well, you know, it's one of those things where uh, I pitch a project and they say, oh, that's, that's amazing. And then two months later, they're like, oh, yeah, you don't have time to do that. You can do something else. So it, it, it's on the back burner. I'll probably still do it. I still have the footage for it. But when I last spoke to you, you had just started talking about it. You had the book or you wrote the book and, um, and you were looking for funders. Before we get to Shooting Star, let's take it back to 2012. What got you
1: interested in the world of gay porn? You have to watch Shooting Star to know, because it's, it's, Shooting Star is, base, is based on my own story, um, except that I was already in my late 30s when I started uh, doing porn, and Taylor, uh, the character, the lead character in the show, he's in his early 20s, because I also wanted to make it a coming-of-age story. Um, but uh, as it, based on my own experiences, just like Taylor, I came to Hollywood in 2006 to become uh, the German Brad Pitt. Um, I was auditioning. Um, I catered a lot. I catered a lot for the superstars. I think that's when the universe got me wrong because I didn't want to work for the stars. I wanted to work with the stars because mm-hmm. I worked for all the Obamas, for for the Clintons, uh, and then for Barbara Streisand, Jennifer Lopez, like all like the mm-hmm. Hollywood royalty. Um, And then at some point, like I did that for six, seven, uh, six years, yes, for six years, because around 2000. 12 or even a little earlier um, I hooked up with a couple that was dancing at Mickey's in West Hollywood Mm -hmm. uh, go-go dancing and they said hey you can make a lot of money go-go dancing so that was shortly before I turned 40 I thought if somebody wants to still see me in my underwear dancing started doing that um, at Mickey's and I was dancing all over uh, uh, West Hollywood all over LA at that point which is really funny Willem the famous drag queen that was actually the go-go booker at that time yeah (laughs) who booked all the dancers in, 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 in LA and then I started dancing in San Francisco, New Orleans for Southern Decadence mm-hmm. um, and all over the country. And what I didn't know at first is that a lot of the guys I was dancing with were doing porn. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my first, uh, my first dip into the into the porn world. And then when I got recruited to do porn, when I was asked to do porn, I had the same answer as Taylor has in my show. No, I can't do that. I'm an actor. Because I was still pursuing my acting career and hoping that, that, that uh, casting directors don't go to me or to the other places where I'm dancing half-naked and let people touch me for a dollar or a five or a twenty, but you don't want to know what I have to do for a twenty. Um, so I was, <laughs> I was still pursuing acting and then at some point I realized I don't really have an acting career uh, in my life. Um, I, as a, an acting career that I can destroy by doing porn <laughs> and also that, that sex that I've just always was super horny that, 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 um, the idea of actually having sex and then getting paid for it okay. is kind of amazing. And in 2012, then I I gave in, I had my first interview with Titan in San Francisco back then, and, uh... They said I should um, I should lose some weight, Um, but they wanted to they wanted to shoot with me. And while I was waiting, um, I had I was I was dancing like uh, because I was like two months in between. Um, My first shoot with them was in July 2012. And while I was waiting and going to the gym and losing weight, um, I had met met Adam Killian um, Mm -hmm. at at the White Party uh, that year. I was dancing there, Um, and uh, I got in touch with him, and he actually then got me a shot with. A pool party. And before that... So the very first scene that I've ever ever shot was for a website called Manhandle.com, mm-hmm. um, where a friend of mine said, you know, they, they the top they need a top the next day, and uh, he just canceled, and they 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 need someone, and they showed me the picture. It was uh, uh, um, James Ryder, I think he's he's now retired from porn, mm-hmm. and I thought, okay, if I'm getting paid my first scene, like I'm getting paid to 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 fuck a guy like that, it's like okay, I'll do it. Uh, so that happened sometime in in May 2012, then the second scene was that pool party mm-hmm. um, with Adam Killian, uh, back then um, with with several other um, uh, known performers, of, uh, Trent Ducati was also uh, in there as well. And then my first two scenes with, uh, with Titan and yeah, from then on I found my calling and uh, became an international porn performer. Mm-hmm. Because uh, that year I also went to, to back home then and shot with Katzo in Berlin. And the nice thing is every time I go back home uh, to Europe, because I'm originally from Germany, I can shoot all over mm-hmm. all over Europe and live shows. And one of my biggest live shows was in Rome next to the Vatican, which oh, I thought was really funny. <laughs> now, being back, or when I was just back in L.A., I thought I came here in 2006 to become an entertainer, to entertain people. And... Being in porn also made me realize how hypocritical our our society is. Because mm-hmm. I basically I made my dreams come true. I just pivoted my, my dreams a little bit, mm-hmm. um, as that I became a different kind of entertainer. But everything that I was hoping for uh, or was wishing for came true. Mm-hmm. Um, I have I have fans. Um, I have people that watch the work that I that I do and they love it. And I get paid for it. I travel um, a lot. And uh, I can pay my bills with the with the entertainment that I do. Yeah. So that's just just because it's not the the real acting, um, society is 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 is, is um, uh, looking down on us. Uh, but that's what I was saying. That's why I realized like what do we what do we define as good and bad as 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 as, um, yeah, as morally right and morally wrong? That's a very
0: good way of looking at it. By the way, yeah. the fact that you are an entertainer, you're still entertaining. Yeah. You're still you're doing it in the most carnal way possible yeah. on top of that. And your, your kind of entertainment is so intimate with the people that are watching your stuff. Uh, so kudos on that. I, I never looked at it that way. In regard to working in porn, um, so, so you went to um, San Francisco. It was your first shoot. You've worked with dozens of studios. Who or what has been your, the best studio
1: for you to work with? Uh, that's, and, a, that, that's, that's a tough one. Um, I think it was not it was not 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 necessarily the best studio but I have to say when Titan was interested mm-hmm. it was definitely um, a huge compliment because mm-hmm. I've always watched their porn and and love the guys that they that they that they have on their site mm-hmm. in their in their films and I thought like wow this is this is really a huge compliment um, for me to shoot with Titan and then then also be on a cover on a DVD mm-hmm. cover um, so that was definitely a uh, uh, yeah, a big, big compliment, a big, big achievement. Like, I, it, I always feel like it's like you have the glamour porn, mm. the glamour porn studios, and uh, where the the sh- the shoots usually take a little, uh, a little longer. Like <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um Yes, take a little longer, and the lighting is perfect, um, and it's almost like a mini, like a mini Hollywood movie, mm-hmm. a mini Hollywood production. I mean, some of the production value as you're in production is is, is like independent film. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then on the other hand. Um, you also have fun uh, in those in those um, in uh, in those not glamour porn mm-hmm. like at raw fuck club or yeah. or a tre- a Treasure Island um, when uh, when everything feels very real yeah. and raw. Yeah. So as I said, I don't really necessarily have a favorite studio, and I think you can really say the worst studio. <laughs> I don't I don't know how often you get an honest answer. To it.
0: If studios do hear this, um, I think they should have some kind of like something in the back of their their mind that says oh well you know we weren't we weren't really cool with this person and now we know why because i've heard so many different stories working for treasure island now too all i hear about like there's so much demonizing about this studio for what they did, right, 20 years ago, doing bareback porn and all that, mm. now everybody's doing it. Mm. So, and even the people that were the biggest demonizers are the ones that are, are are doing it too and making their money off of it. At least when these guys started, they tried to do, um, uh, you know, like they were HIV-positive people mm. and they were still having sex. Let's make a studio that, that you know, shows HIV-positive men having sex with mm. HIV-positive men. There, there is, a lot of people do give me uh, uh, an answer um, if you haven't, it's fine, no problem. Some people will not say the name of it. Maybe the um, the experience,
1: right? So. Well, I, I think in, in general, and, and as I said, there's really not like because I'm, I'm thinking while I was talking to you, mm-hmm. I was thinking it's there's not really a studio that that, that I didn't like working with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes uh, it's it's there's some performers that were more fun to be working with, and other and other performers who were the ones who were sitting back and, mm-hmm. and, and in, in in their break and 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 were on their phone all the time yeah. and didn't really interact with you, or also these kind of performers that you meet out and about at some award show or even at a pool party in LA and then you shot a scene with like that particular person, yeah, but they, he doesn't say. Of you. <laughs> yeah, or you've been right, or, of <laughs> or vice versa. It was a yeah. versatile scene, um, and then they don't even say hello to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, or at the gym, like there's like some performers where where, where that has happened, mm-hmm. um, and I always think, and that's also theme uh, theme in the show and in, in, in the musical is uh, we get judged by we get judged by society all the time. I think we should try not to be judgmental mm-hmm. within the industry and at least be nice to each other, yeah. and even if we don't like like the other person, like at least be nice and be respectful and say I agree. Hello. I agree with you. Who was the best top or the best topping experience that you had in the industry so far? You know, like when you're getting old and you start forgetting things. Um... Christian Bjorn, I was like, I was like, uh, uh, who, what was the name of the studio again? Um, I I love like I'm blonde and blue eyed. I love Latino guys, and 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 when I work with Christian Bjorn, and they have these these super hung uh, Latin guys there. Uh, that's that's like yeah. some of them were like amazing tops because they have they have like exactly the kind of dick that I, yeah. that, I that I love. I think favorite bottoms. Uh, 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 there were some studios in, 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 in the UK that gave me some, like when I, when I top, I want to have someone who's very young, mm. uh, legally young, but yeah. something where, where, where I feel like where I can be the dominant top okay. and, ch- and just throw them around. I always, I always feel like if, if my bottom is like a big muscle guy, that I, I always feel like my dick looks small. Then. So I want to have someone smaller framed. Yeah. Um and uh I remember and as I said I'm not I'm not into underage kids or that, but I think <laughs> like good. the thank th- you that. I clarified that. But the daddy boy yes. thing, like I definitely I like that. That was Icon Icon Mail was also a studio that gave you some 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 guys where this whole fantasy mm-hmm. about being a being a being a dad. Um not just a daddy, like actually being a dad. Yeah, to like I a mean, stepson or something. Right. Like that. Okay. Um not that I and I think like we we all probably can answer that question did we have a crush on our dad not really but it was the first dick that I've ever seen in my life so yeah I wanted to touch it so that fantasy of now being the dad and then Having my son or my stepson and have like a little thing yeah. with him and, and and breaking the the the, 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 the bar- yeah, yeah the taboo, yeah, the taboo. Or... um that that was definitely very hot that's similar to like uh brothers stepbrothers,
0: step yeah. brothers all that so yeah yeah you're absolutely right it's, it's the first experiences that we've had sexually or the first time we've ever been curious about looking or uh, Getting away with it because if you have a brother, you're constantly in the room with them. Right. If you share a room,
1: and I had an I had an older brother who was a professional bodybuilder. Oh God, so, yeah. <laughs> <It was laughs> you were in trouble like, from the beginning, right? <laughs> it was definitely like like I definitely had a crush on my, on, on my yeah, brother. Yeah, you Germans are built <laughs> like a. A brick house, man. <laughs> but be, but best bottom, by the way, because I, I think mm. when I when I heard Adolf Dietrich said that uh, Armand Ritzo, mm. he definitely he definitely is like he's an amazing yeah, bottom to work is. with. And I have to say, like with him, I had I was uh, 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 I was a little nervous because I know that he's been fucked by everyone in the industry with all the the big guys, yeah, literally. Yeah. And I, and I was I shot a scene with him with with Icon Mail, and and uh, yeah, I was very nervous that I that I that I perform well. Mm-hmm. And what I thought was so fascinating with him is... uh, Like, they put us up in a room together... And of course, you're not supposed to play mm-hmm. before. And then Armand was just like, I don't know, threw me on my back and sat on my dick. And you've seen you've seen him taking the biggest dicks, but there's something in his ass. He, sits <laughs> up, he makes you come like in a few minutes. Yeah. I've, like, heard. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, it's 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 incredible. Yeah. And and he's really one of the guys that I jerk off to. Like um, one of my coworkers, which whose porn I watch it and jerk off to, because he always takes like the biggest dick and yeah. it's double penetrated and that. And he's like, like perfectly your type, right, for a
0: bottle. Yeah. So yeah a little Latin guy, yeah, yeah, no he's a sweetheart, um I'll get him on one day, so,
1: but the funny thing is what I've realized when when I've, i when I've, when I've uh, listened to to your podcast or also talked to other performers that i I think sometimes it's interesting that a lot of them are not that sexual in their mm-hmm. private life, and I think like yeah. wow I'm definitely completely different because i <laughs> i have I have a lot because you get judged for for and not that I have a problem with judgment, but mm-hmm. as I said that's also one of the things with with shooting star that one of the hurdles was that it's a show that's set in the world of gay porn, and then you realize that even some drag queens, um, like some drag queen management that we wanted to invite uh, uh, to our opening night, were like, "Oh no, then we, then we get uh, mm-hmm. uh, put together with with porn and, and and all the press release and that." Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I was like, "Really? Even I know. even drag queens?" Yeah. So, so you're a porn star, and and uh, and you have sex on camera, and you have sex a lot. But I don't shoot that much. I have more sex in my own in my own mm-hmm. private life. That's what I'm saying. Like I thought it was always interesting with um, when I'm listening to other porn performers that say, "Oh, I'm not really that sexual." I'm like, yeah. I'm I'm horny all the time. Yeah. That is definitely one of the reasons why I started doing porn. Cause uh, I was having so much sex in my in, in my in my own bed mm. or in other people's bed <laughs> that I was like I might just as well get paid for yeah. it. Yeah, you know what? One of the best shoots I've had with mm. you has to be
0: what? Which one were you going to say? I have I particularly have uh, fucking famous. I just wanted to say oh yeah. My <laughs> God. And the best part about that is there's a director's cut. Really? That I am hoping yeah. Remember because you. I wasn't allowed, fucking famous for you guys that don't know is uh, a Dark Alley Raw Fuck Club film that I did in 2016, 2017 with with Hans and it was fun because uh, we put a little bit of everything in there and the whole idea was making a gay porn film and then also having a director's cut that talks about uh, the the other story which is Twitter and obsession with social media and this one guy who... Uh, it's played by asher devon um drugs you and puts a gun into your mouth and you get fucked by like five or six guys while you watch yourself getting
1: fucked right Uh, because you put a monitor right next to my face yes
0: you were watching the whole time and that was
1: super hot yeah it was crazy i loved it so there is
0: there's there's a, a a director's cut that i have the footage for and i i will ask for permission and Put it into festivals. I can't see them saying no because it's just more publicity, if anything. But that was by far one of my favorite scenes with you because the way it all came together, I really thought, you know, because we it's a it's a very low budget project, but the way it was put together, it felt really, really, really
1: cool. Yeah. So and um, I mean and that but that's what I'm saying is like that's one of the great things about porn I can live out all my fetish, fetishes because mm-hmm. I'm I feel like I'm pretty I'm pretty vanilla like I don't I don't uh, even though I'm German I'm not into water sports or into fisting or anything yeah. like that I like some some raw manly sex uh, but I'm also vanilla sex is fine too. Vanilla sex. But but that one the the the, the fucking famous yeah. that, that was I said that was like one of my like really like like a fetish. Um well not really a fetish but like a fantasy yeah. that you can see yourself getting fucked and because it was like the setup was that my ass was sticking. It was just, my ass was sticking just out your ass and then guys out. were coming and, and they didn't see what was behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. And then I had the monitor right next to me and, and Asher was pretending to, to hold
0: you hostage, right. to hold your mouth. And-,
1: and it was, it was really, it was really, really fucking hot. Yeah. Um, so you live out your
0: fantasies and fetishes and stuff on camera.
1: So people, yeah. when they're watching it,
0: you are in total bliss it's not it's not only work for you it's
1: it's fantasy yeah and i th- and i think i mean i've been working now for seven years i think like that is that's my secret of success that people can see yeah that i actually enjoy having oh my god having there were sex.
0: parts where in fucking famous again there were parts where you're getting fucked and i'm like should i cut is he no but you were you were into it you mm. were in it and you were playing and The minute we stopped for a second, you'd get out of character. I was like, wow, like, I didn't know. I didn't know that you can break in and out. So, like, you're very talented. That's basically (laughs) what I'm saying. Let's let's talk a little bit about um, Shooting Star. I want to hear all about how you went around, like, the process of it. The when you when you conceptualize the idea, let's start from that.
1: Yeah. So so as I said, I was in I was in Hollywood. I think every Hollywood actor has a a, a script idea in his head because I never wanted to write a musical about porn, and I never wanted to write a musical. Super gay. Like every time people ask me like, what do you do? <laughs> I wrote a musical. Um, but the idea came when I started when I some of my first scenes um, uh, I shot with Jesse Arres. Do you remember him? Because I think mm-hmm. like he. He retired from 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 porn. A lot of the listeners probably still remember him or can look him up. Yeah. So I shot with him and Anthony Duran, who was who was uh, uh, directing the, sh- the, the the shoot. Um, he was um, he said, you know, um, uh, Hans, you sing too, right? Like we could do like a little musical porn scene, maybe like you guys are singing. And we were just joking around, but for some reason, that idea oh. of 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 singing porn star porn musical was was put in my head. And um, at some point, I just uh, had an idea for for the story in my head, and the story hasn't really changed that much. So Mm -hmm. I started just writing an outline of the story, And, uh, and one of the things that I still love about this country is you have a crazy idea. You always find people that support you and say you should work on it. Because um, at first I thought like I can never write a whole musical script mm-hmm. um, in musical theater as you said before you call it the book because in another interview they asked me so you wrote a book and it was turned into a musical I said no that's that the book is the script yeah. um, so which means like the, the, the characters the setting like everything mm-hmm. is, is 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 the book um, so I thought I would never be able to write that but then I was encouraged by by friends uh, to do it and in 2014 I had foot surgery I had to go back to Germany for a few months and, uh, and my, 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 pa- with my parents, I stay with my parents and they live in the southern part of Germany where the hills are alive with the sound oh, of God. music, yes. but also very quiet and very snowy in the winter. So I had almost no distraction to write my That's first beautiful. musical draft. And for me, Facebook has been really great because I was talking about it on Facebook and a friend of mine put me in touch with the curator of the Gay and Lesbian Museum in Berlin. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, uh, cause they had a, they had an exhibition about gay porn. And uh, Kevin Clark, the curator, said, um, uh, you know, we should do a reading. Like, I love musical theater. We should do a reading. It's perfect. And I said, well, first of all, there's no music. I don't know if it's ever going to be finished and uh, and so forth. So, But he said, yeah, let's that shoot for February gives you enough time. So in the winter of 2014, 2015, I wrote my first musical mm-hmm. script, musical book, um, and then went to Berlin. We did a reading there. Um, thanks to friends of mine, I got uh, a really successful um, uh, German, uh, theater director to director reading, and I had, uh, at that point it was, I think it was 11, 12 characters. So I got readers. Um, I wrote it in English, they were all German, so it was a little funny having them, uh, read all of this in, in, in German. Um, sorry, in English with a German accent. Yeah. Um, there was no music at that point, that's why uh, at some of the songs uh, we did just spoken word and then they gave like a little, um, what do you call it, uh, summary of the mm-hmm. of the song. So long story short, um, Thomas Zaufke, my composer, was in the audience said he really loves the, the project and he would like to write the music. And at that point I was a little cocky, I said, you know, I'm going back to New York um, in uh, after this and uh, I would want to have a, a Broadway um, composer uh, to write the music. But then he he started writing the first song, sent it to me, and I fell in love with it, mm-hmm. and that's how he became a composer. But he suggested the lyrics that I had written, because I, I also had written the, the lyrics for the songs. I just wrote new lyrics to existing songs, okay. so that I had a, a rhythm to it. Um, and he said, that is, is, is an art for itself. I should find a professional lyricist. So when, I'm, when I moved back then actually to New, to New York in 2015, um, I found Eric Ransom. took me a few months through Connections to find him. Um, and he is a professional lyricist. And then he stepped in as a lyricist. Um, he rewrote all the lyrics that I had. Wrote new new lyrics to to other songs, and also helped me Americanize the book a little bit. And I thought I'm a genius. I'm this this idea. It's gonna it's gonna be on Broadway really fast. I didn't know that most of the Broadway shows are are ten years in in in, in the making. Um, because over the years we had several uh, readings with first without music just to see if his lyrics match my dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, last year I got my first investor. We did our first, um, f- our first professional, um, um, presentation with, uh, with Broadway actors in front of Broadway producers. Mm-hmm. Is it raining now? Yeah, like it's now? raining. Oh my God. It's ah. New York listeners. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and then, uh, and then, so two presentations in, in New York. Um, it was pretty clear that we wanted to do, um, a tryouts in Los Angeles. Um, th- that's what the big shows do as well. Like instead of premiering on Broadway, they try out the show somewhere else far away, preferably in, on, on the West Coast. Um, if in case the show sucks and needs some more rewrites, yeah. um, that, that New York doesn't hear of. It. Yeah, that they don't. Right first, yeah. So one of my friends, uh, Stephen Faes wrote um, uh, Confessions of a Mormon Confessions of a Mormon Boy. Yeah, Um, he said nobody's going to care about your show as much as you do. Become your own producer. So I, I executive produced it and and got the funding for the show. Um, Falcon gave us a big chunk of money as as uh, as a sponsorship. Very nice. Um, I had Marco Marco, the underwear company. They gave us the underwear, but they also custom made um, all the uh, the outfits for my female lead. Um so what we put all together we premiered May 25th uh ran to a sold out house for for 6 weeks awesome. I had amazing meetings afterwards we got really great uh reviews the the the, the LA Times even gave us a shout out and they gave me one of the best best shout outs uh, saying that uh, it is, besides the nudity and besides being set in the porn world, it is a traditional all-American musical, a heartwarming tale about a group of misfits putting on a show to create a community. Mm. And that's exactly what, what, what Shooting Star is. Like It is a heartwarming tale and not what a lot of people would, would expect. It has a lot of fun in it, and yes, there is a lot of nudity, in, or some nudity in it as well, but nudity that drives the story mm-hmm. ahead. Because you said before as well, the, the, the kind of entertainment, what we do is very real and very honest. We
0: are, I think the porn industry is one of the realest industries out there. It's the yeah. only industry that sells you exactly what you're looking for with what you're looking yeah. for. And by that I mean, uh, let's Pepsi or Coca Cola puts Britney Spears in their advertising half naked and they're selling yeah. soda pop. Yeah, We're selling porn or we're selling sex with sex yeah. as opposed to yeah. any other industry. So you've been involved with um, the U equals U campaign. Um, for listeners that wouldn't know what that is, would you explain a little bit about it?
1: Yeah, so the U equals U campaign, U equals U, first of all, stands for untransmittable, uh, uh, undetectable equals untransmittable. And I'm actually reading this also here from our program because we put that in my, in my program mm-hmm. as well in our playbill. Um, U equals U signifies that ind- individuals with HIV who receive art A R T and have achieved and maintained an undetectable viral load cannot sexually transmit the virus to others. Um, an undetectable means that your viral load is so low that it cannot be detected anymore, which we, uh, means again that uh, it has to be. I think nowadays it's less than twenty copies of viral vi- virus uh, viral load in in uh, your in I think one one milliliter of blood. Mm-hmm. Um, before that it was fifty, but I think now it's it's down to 20. Bruce Richman started the U equals U campaign because he said that knowledge is there, but not a lot of people know about it. And the thing is um, that someone who lives with HIV, first of all, it gives you. A lot more self-esteem to know that you cannot transmit the virus to your partner, even if you do not use prep or if you do not use a condom, um, and also uh, that the stigma from from like the fear from other people has to to disappear because um, even if you're if you're if I get hit by a cab outside and I'm in my puddle of blood, um, that there is no transmission. Um, because I'm undetectable. And that, is, and that is one of the things, like I, I contracted the virus in 2001. I also put that in my program as well because people always ask me, oh, you, you got it through porn? Another stigma. It's like, of course I got my HIV infection through porn because mm. porn is so bad. Um, and that 's one of the reasons why I, I support uh, Bruce Richmond I mean he, he he does the majority of the work he travels all around the world and he 's going to go down in history um, in HIV history um, and he 's definitely one of my my idols my my heroes um, and in the program you also said we're going uh, we 're going to support the u equals u campaign um, and, th- and that's what I just read is like also in the program, so that someone um especially like if some our straight audience who don't um know a lot about HIV even though it's twenty nineteen and they should know at least like uh, about the transmission um, that that uh, yeah we educate them I'm still f- looking or or I found finally what i'm good at the mm-hmm. the, the, the that shooting star is this. Confirmation that who you are and what you were born with is is good, and maybe like a compensation for for all this the, the, these years when you did when you felt like you were who you are is not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've I'm, as an audiobook, I'm listening to the Velvet Rage right now. A lot of people told me about the, the book, which basically also said like every gay man like we all need therapy. Um, I hope that the new generation that it's easier for them. Um, but I also just came back from LA and they say that uh, a lot of the young kids in LA a lot of the the, the homeless kids in LA um, are LGBT youth that was kicked out by their, by their family because because just for being gay mm-hmm. so as I said it's 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 I'm, I'm still a dreamer and I'm still a big child um, and uh, and all of that is in shooting Star. okay sweet um- I want to thank but you. I'm also a sex addict and I love <laughs> sex cuz I I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to get my blowjob now. You though. are going to get your blow job. I want to thank you so Not from so, not from you. Yeah, not from me. That's We don't we don't know <laughs> each other that well. actually we know each other probably too well. Yeah, I know
0: Right, I've seen you. I've seen you do everything, okay? Uh, I've I've trained you out, tricked you out <laughs> on screen. Um, I want to thank you so much for sitting down with me. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, a delight for people to hear, and and very uh, educational. So, um, Hansa Berlin, thank you so much for being on the show, and thank you um, for having me. No problem. Thank
1: you for doing this. Thank you for doing this podcast because we're all fighting the same fight. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's
0: demystify and make porn stars human and just yes. anybody. On a bus or, you know, talking to you in a bar or something can be a porn star and you have no idea, right. especially not with OnlyFans and just yeah. fans and all that crazy shit. But um, thank you again for listening, guys. Remember, click subscribe on fraud, Bu- uh, Click subscribe on uh, Spotify and watch it on YouTube. And uh, my name is IK Grande. This is Demons Defined Gay Porn. And if you've watched porn in the past 12 years, I definitely helped you get off. Cheers,